1: the Front Stretch, the Metro's longest running racing talk show. In case you're new to it, I am Dan Taylor. And joining as always, the co-host of the show, Dirk Houston. And joining us on now for our interview of the week, the driver of the number 91 RaceSaver 305 at Eagle Raceway and throughout the area. And the 2020 Defending Track Champion, Adam Golian. Man, how you doing, bud?
2: Not too bad. Defending track champion. That—that's probably the first time I've heard that. So that kind of sounds really? pretty good.
1: Well, yeah, yeah you don't—you don't get to hear because I say it every single time you're out there.
2: Yeah, I always <laughs> always have a uh, helmet on and a motor making noise. So <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm the I don't one. Know, I'm, I'm the
0: lucky it. one at the racetrack that can't hear you. That's true. <laughs> you notice? You notice he didn't say he had his receiver on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Half the time the damn thing doesn't work anyway. To be honest with you, yeah. That's about the only time you ever hear. And the louder they yell, the more it breaks up. So, you know, when they get real fired up, you get like blurps of stuff. And, you know, it, it, most of the time, I'll be honest, I don't even put turn the thing on. Uh, it doesn't work.
1: Did you hear him yelling at, at Gunner Pike not to scale last week?
2: Oh, yeah. No scale, <laughs> no scale, no scale,
1: no scale. No, I was like, Jesus, just don't go to the scale. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody stop the guy because he obviously isn't listening.
2: <laughs> yeah, after he uh, conveniently dumped water on the bottom of the racetrack, exiting yeah. two with another heat race to go. That was a superb idea.
1: Yeah, I don't know what, I i, I don't know. He didn't I, know there was
2: a fourth heat race. That's the only thing so? I can come up with. I, had, I mean, In the weeks past, we've only had three. I would have thought that eight cars sitting in staging would have been a eureka moment that there was another one coming, but I guess not.
1: I think he just wanted to get a jump start on, on getting everything watered back down. Cause it, he did end up going down and laying a bunch of water down.
2: If he would dump some more water on the tractor in the week, I think he'd have to do less on Saturdays.
1: <laughs> All right. Have Please. we talked to you about your track championship? I, I can't remember if it was you or somebody else that I missed out on, on doing the interviews.
2: Uh, yeah. We haven't spoke about it, but okay. that's
1: okay. Yeah. yeah let's talk he didn't about it. join us up at Quaker. I thought, yeah, you had something going on. I think you were down in Texas or something. I,
2: yeah my crew chief at the time um, had a bachelor party so we took him to Galveston and hung out down there for a few days
1: so let's talk about that uh, shortened condensed year but uh, able to pick up the track championship and uh, checked another big uh, item off your bucket list yeah
2: uh, it's honestly it's kind of like winning the hot laps of championships to be honest uh, 12 race seasons pretty short so um, but,
1: but doesn't it is don't you think it's harder? Cause I mean, let's look at it this year. Joey Danley's got two DQs where one week he got uh, last place points one week. He didn't get any points, but he's got 22, 21 weeks. I think he'll have ended up probably being somewhere on 19 weeks to win the championship. If, if you screwed up one week, it was a lot harder for you to recover.
2: Yeah. And, and honestly, like earlier in the season, it's a little easier to recover because it, everything's still kind of close. and the, the points totals are, are so low that, you can kind of regroup and, and, and bounce back a little quicker, uh, it seems. Um, But yeah, I mean, with a shortened, with a shortened race, I mean, you could could argue it both ways. I mean, I had, each week was a little more important because I didn't have the time to to bounce back. But then again, I also had a shortened season where I didn't have to be as good as long. So, I mean, you could argue it both ways. Um, I mean, bottom line, I've been trying to win a championship for at Eagle for years now, even clear back into three sixty days. And I had uh, one decent opportunity to win a championship uh, in a three sixty card Eagle, and uh, wasn't able to to get that when I was younger. wasn't able to make that happen. Ended up third, um, and it's always just kind of seemed like there's something that would happen or go wrong or prevent that. And even last year, you know, all I had to do was make the A feature, and I couldn't even do that um, on the last night. So um, it seems like you know I've done my own my own good job of self-sabotaging over the years to kind of prevent myself from, from getting the, the, the title. Um, but you know, I was able to get it last year and, um, it is, it is nice, um, to check it off my list. Um, but it kind of leaves me with, I don't really want to say searching for a purpose. Uh, I, I don't have as much, uh, fire, uh, to race as I did. Um, I still enjoy it, but, uh, I don't know when you're, when you're, now I'm just chasing wins, and and we're, we're, tr- we're bouncing around trying some, a lot of different things setup-wise, so our consistency really isn't been as, as we normally have um, this season uh, as opposed to seasons before. Um, I don't have a, a crew chief anymore either. Um, I'm, I'm making the calls myself, which um, is a little more diff- difficult because um, as team owner, driver, crew chief, you know that's a lot of different hats you have to try and stay up on on the racetrack and and try and give the car you know what what it's asking for um, and then on top of that we also have a, a development team development driver My, I I bring a second car out we've had two drivers this year both of which have done have had some success pretty early in the 305 which I think is is really cool you know to sort of to coach someone that's never driven a sprint car try and take what they're telling you and move that into, you know, trying to make a productive change for them. Sprint cars are also very difficult to drive. We use the brake a lot. We don't let off the gas as much, which is a lot different from any other forms of, of driving. So if you're not doing that, it could make the car feel like one way, when really it's another. Um, so it, I still have my challenges, but it, it's just a far different aspect of challenges that I had before. It's more of a business side of it now.
0: Well, it sounds like you got Cole Trickle as one of your drivers. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, well, I, so I had Jordan Grabowski last year. Obviously, anybody that has been around the Midwest um, knows who Jordan Grabowski is. He's a very, very accomplished driver. He's got multiple national championships in, in various different classes. He's won big races, small races, and, you know, everything in between. Um, but they drive very differently than than a modified. Um, and then we had a driver at the beginning of the year, uh, named Bobby Eubanks. He's driven micros. He's driven some late models. He's driven some modifieds, but again, never driven a sprint car. Now we have Jake Galusha. Um, and Jake is, is a very, very methodical analytical person, which makes my job actually a lot easier because he just has open wheel experience. He's driven the micro stuff before. So, and, and was actually in, in Illinois, um, uh, at the high bank hustle this last weekend. So Um, He's kind of bouncing back and forth, but at least the car, the idea behind the car, the way, the way you drive the car is is very similar. So his transition, I think is, has been a lot easier um, than the others, just because he's used to, you know, the way it looks and feels. Um, and, And like I said, Jake's very, very analytical. So he can actually think about what's going on as it's happening and he can, he can dissect it and, and step back and, and look, look at it and, and make a decision, uh, you know, setup wise that, that will be productive for him. So, and him and I can bounce things off back and forth. Um, we've been friends for a long time. We both kind of think the same way. Um, I'm a little more scatterbrained about it than he is, but the, the, you know, the gist of it is the same. So, um, I I'm actually having a lot of fun racing with Jake and, um, unless something would change, uh, drastically, I think it'll be something, it should be something that we'll, we'll probably do for a while now.
1: Take me back to last year. This is something that you and I have talked about privately a little bit. Uh, you had mentioned earlier in the interview that you you seem to have a habit of finding a way to give away the championship. And man, you you had a lot of a lot of fans at Eagle that night that thought you had given it away. Um, I think you had a. You're going to know this better than me. I want to say it was a 16 or 17 point lead over Joe uh, Jason Danley.
2: Yeah, I don't remember the exact number. Uh, actually, it was more than that. It was like 20 21. 21 or something like that all i had to do was take i had all i had to do was qualify for the a feature and and it were it was it was done that's all mm-hmm. i had to do and uh missed the transfer spot by one in the heat race okay not the way we want to do it but still need to focus you so should we went still to,
1: shouldn't have any issues typically it's going to be top four or top five we're going to move out of the b
2: right and i think we started like sixth and they took top five so all i had to do was pass one car well i ended up getting a third early so i was moving around just a little bit and and i the the track was still pretty decent on the bottom and i hate running the bottom um so my stubborn ass goes to the top (laughs) and i was pounding away at the top pounding away at the top and i was i was wasn't really losing any ground to the the front two but i wasn't gaining any so i was just kind of chilling out um one driver got by me okay um but he I wasn't at a place where I could get back by him. We were kind of like neck and neck. So I just kept pounding the top, figured, you know, he's at the bottom. I'm at the top. All I got to do is maintain. Well, then uh, I had made a mistake, jumped the cushion just a little bit. Nate Weiler got by me and then me and then it was the race for the last transfer spot. And uh, all I I was ahead of him once and all I needed to do was just grab the brake, and go to the bottom and, and even just take his momentum away. And of course I did not stayed on the top and, uh, he ended up beating me by, I don't know, a foot, six inches. So we didn't make it. And, uh, of course, everybody on the pit crew is dejected. Um, but you know, Jordan was still in the race. So we had to focus on him and try and get our best foot forward with him because, um, Jason was going to have to run. I think he was going to have to, to win, um, to beat us or to run top three to beat us. So, you know, we had another car in the race, so we need to give him the best shot to be successful to, you know, to, to try and, you know, achieve our overall goal. And uh, Jordan ended up not running very well. Um, I think he ended up like eighth or something like that, eighth or ninth. And uh, I think Jason ended up like fifth or sixth or something like that. So we ended up winning by like two points. So um, there was there was also some mixed like some mixed things going on. I know Dan was like, okay, we have another points race going on. Where are we at here? What's he got to finish? Where?" And and I think at one point it was announced that it didn't matter where Jason finished that we won the championship. So we had people texting us, you know, congratulations on the championship. They just announced you won it. while the race is going on. I'm like, yeah. I don't even know what to think.
1: Yeah, they, Roger came over the receiver after that B feature and said, Adam Golian is your track champion. I, I heard it clear as day in my ear. And I, I went over there and I said, Gullion won, right? And Racine said, yep, he's the champion. There's no way Danley can win it. No matter even if he wins the race, Gullion's the champion. I said, okay, I'll go announce it. Yeah, and I've been in
2: situations with Drukey. you know, we had, there was like three races to go, and we had like a 50-point lead, and we lost three motors in three weeks, and he ends up beating us by one or two points or five points or something. I mean, we've had multiple chances to win the championship and close it out over the years. And just for whatever reason, it fell apart. Um, you know, I made it, we felt we were missing something in our motor program. So we made a change and and went with Speedway and, uh, you know, for multiple reasons, their motors run very well. They have an unlimited amount of, of technology, um, that they're at their disposal. Um, and it's 10 miles from my house, you know? Um, so that's nice. Um, you know, we just tried to, to make something better, you know, every single, to give ourselves that better shot, you know, every single week to get, you know, every year to make, to get it better, to get it closer. Okay. What, what could we have improved this year? Okay. Let this, the weak link, let's make it stronger. So you go back and forth and back and forth and then you obsess about it. And to be honest with you, it took all of the fun out of racing. Um, almost to the point where I hated it. Um, you know, that it affected my, my daily life um certainly affected my businesses um you know time with my family um I could not have been very uh as passionate and competitive as I am I could not have been that fun to be around um and then when we got got it done it's like okay now what do I do so now you know we do this we're doing this development deal and trying to help grow the sport and uh my son's racing cage carts now um you know, I'm expanding my businesses. Um, I'm ripping the roof off my house and building it, making it a two-story. Got the whole main level, renovating that, adding a four-stall garage on. It, it's like, I just can't sit still. Like I go on vacation, you get three days. On the third day, I need to go home and go back to
1: work. It, I just can't sit. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Yeah. Because there's
2: a hundred other things I need to be doing.
1: So, I, and I want to keep going back to this, but I know you have said that that you just race for fun. Uh, up until that night that you won the championship, you never tried to lead on that. You really wanted to win that championship other than making a couple of statements. You made the typical um, statement though during the season. Uh, we're here for wins. If the championship happens, it happens. But I can only imagine what was going through your head when you didn't qualify for that B uh,
2: or that, yeah, to qualify I mean, for the A. I was sick, you know, um, you know, you can downplay it. And I, I that's that was me trying to downplay right you know the the seriousness of the situation and, and my goal and you know they're honestly for a long time I was I honestly kind of started to believe that it's just it's not gonna happen mm-hmm. um you know you can you can try you know and I I don't give up I never have I never will um I'm I'm not a person that accepts defeat but it's like You know, five years, six years in a row. It's like, all right, here we go. Let's go. All right. We're, we're up front. We're winning races. We're, we're leading points. Okay. We had a bad night. We gave it the points lead. All right. Next week. Good night. Got it back. Okay. Keep maintaining, keep our eye on the prize, keep focusing. Shit. Something happened. Okay. We lost. Well, I guess it sucks. Um, let's just try and pick our stuff apart, make it better, go after it again. And, you know, there, for whatever reason, there are just things in the world that people aren't able to achieve for whatever reason. It's just not in their cards. Um, and I, I honestly kind of started to, to feel that that was possibly how it was going to be. Um, so then it was like, okay, well I can't quit racing. Cause if I quit racing, I'll, I'll go nuts. Um, you know, it, it's the, it's as stupid as it sounds. It's the only time during the week that I actually get to like relax like it's just i my roofers don't need something i don't have a customer i need to go look at something for i i don't have a driver that's got a truck broke down or, or missed a load or i don't have t-ball practice to get to you know I, I got all this stuff in my you know our normal daily lives that that i've got is i get to go and just i can just go be me um with you know, limited expectation, other than you know what I kind of placed on myself. Um,
1: Which, by the way, so, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but it, you put a little on yourself. Uh, I put a lot.
2: <laughs> um, I I have to be, and I, I don't want to say great. I don't that sound that it's too conceited, and I don't mean it to sound that way. But I have to be good. I can't. I I do not accept mediocre. Um, I've never accepted that this is enough or that's enough. And it's, it's like, it's how I was raised. Like when I played basketball, I always guarded the best player. Um, you know, if he, ha- if he averaged 20 points and I guarded me at six, well, he should have had four because I, I, I took some time off here. or I was lazy on this play or it, it's, I've always just obsessed about the little things that that's now who I am and how I do things. I always obsess about It's just, it's, it always could be better. I always could be faster. I always could win more. I always, it just, it it consumes me with everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how to just have fun. Um, and in in that atmosphere, um, I've tried it this year. Um, I've tried to just go out and race as hard as I can and, and not care if I wreck or spin out or make a wrong setup choice and run eighth instead of fifth or whatever it is. I I I'm trying, Um, I am, like I said, I'm having a ball racing with Jake and and had a ball racing with Bobby. And, you know, they, like I said, with trying to bring somebody else into the, into the, uh, you know, into the, the, the sport, uh, at our level is obviously presented its own challenges. And and I like that. Um, but it's just, it's weird. Um, but, uh, this weekend, um, I will not be at Eagle. Um, and I, I probably will not be at Eagle the remainder of the year, um,
1: yeah let, let's talk a little bit about that we, we talked a lot about last season and and so let's kind of get into this season a little bit I, I know you're frustrated with um some of the other drivers and the track situation uh
2: it's i can't even say i'm frustrated with other drivers because we all have the same agenda right we all go to the racetrack to win um You know, there are a few people out there, actually only one that I can think of off the top of my head that actually races for the right reason. Um, And I love the guy to death. Um, My kids call him Uncle Dwight. Dwight Carter races for the right reasons. Um, He loves the sport. He loves being involved. Um, He loves to be there. He's a a great role model for the kids um, and and fans. He is, he races for the right reasons. As far as being frustrated with other drivers, yeah, I mean, you get frustrated in the heat of the moment, but really with the track that we've been given um, this year, you have two choices. Um, You either run the cushion and throw slide jobs to pass people, or you try and run the middle or the bottom with no grip and go backwards. So if you're only going to get one line to race and you have to throw a a Hail Mary, Haymaker slide job to pass somebody where the person that you're passing has two options, they can hit you. And tear their stuff up, or they can hit the brake and let
1: you go. Um, Has it been a lockdown track this year?
2: um,
1: Because there was a.
2: It's taken. taken, We've raced what seven nights.
1: Yeah. It's taken rubber every night.
2: Um, Five out of the seven have been rubber top to bottom. Um, IMCA's format um, rewards mediocrity. Um, The when you don't run up front consistently, your point average is lower. You get to start up front. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand the idea behind it. However, at the level that we race at now, it is pointless. Um, you know, when Race Saver first kind of got started around here, it was an entry-level class and mediocrity, rewarding mediocrity, and, and giving the guy that races every week that fighting chance to run up front, you know, and we still have those, you know, you still have those guys that, that don't routinely run inside the top five that will occasionally. Um, it, everybody's so good now. Everybody's so fast now everybody's equipment is so so nice now uh if you i mean there's so much emphasis on your heat race if you if you do not make the invert at your heat race you will not i can't say will not that that wouldn't be fair it is almost impossible to to get up front now joey danley is making everybody look silly this year yeah. joey is on a rail um he is head and shoulders above everyone. Um, his, you can look at his weekly finishes, and even without the disqualifications, he still won those races because, you know, let's be honest, the, the, the rules package we have, even if you're found to be illegal, uh, it's not by something that is going to change the outcome of that race um, because he's done it more than once. He will continue to do it the remainder of the year. Um, he's just the class of the field. His stuff is better. He's more comfortable. They've got their, their equipment is very balanced and happy. Um, they have something figured out right now that nobody else does. Um, but even, even then we have to race so hard, harder than we have in the years past, especially with the racetrack that this is big boy racing now. So now it's slide jobs. Now it's moving somebody out of the rubber line. It's, there's no more ole. Here you go. I'll try the next corner. You can't yeah. do that anymore. Um, and for whatever reason I'm now, and it's not just me. I've seen other drivers. It happened to other drivers. People are just destroying other people on social media and harassing. Um, I'm not kidding. I've got everything short of death threats, uh, over the last two weeks, um, on my Facebook. Uh, my wife has now gotten, um, burner to mysterious text messages on burner numbers, um, just harassing. Um, that's not the atmosphere that I want my family in. Um, that's not the atmosphere that I want to represent my team, my sponsors, my crew in. Um, so we're going to go do some other stuff. Um, you know, I've, I've been yelled at and attacked by wives and fans. And, um, I, that's one thing I have to give kudos to my wife for. She's never done that. Um, she's never yelled at another driver. She's never bashed another driver on social media. Um, In fact, there was a time my dad actually raised his voice at another driver in my pit and he, he was not allowed to come back the next week um, Mm -hmm. because that's not who we want to be. That's not how we're going to represent people. And at the end of the day, I'm the one that gets destroyed on the internet for it. Yeah. Not them. So if I, if I can't get them to stop, I have to try and minimize that. And now, it's, like I said, it's at the point where I, I'm getting everything short of death threats. Um, he's not making any attempt to change the racetrack. I know he's tearing it up in intermission, but he does that every week, and we're having the same results, and he's not changing anything. And, and I guess I can't say he's not changing. I don't know what he does. It would be unfair. It's unfair for me to say that now because he's you know he doesn't have the opportunity to defend himself in this moment. Um, but when it, when you go there seven weeks in a row, and I'm burning a right rear, left rear, and a right front off of both race cars. And I'm starting 16th and finishing 10th. And, and that's uh, most people are passing six or seven cars. And that's about it. Where in years past, you could start eighth row and win. And I've done it. Um, you could win two, three races in a row. Uh, I've done it. And you can't do that now. Um, you know, you, what do you do? Uh, I'm, not
1: having, I'm not having fun with all the drama. After um, last week's races, you were much more optimistic, though you felt like you guys had finally found something. Did it go away?
2: Um, No, we've we've made some big strides in our program as far as getting, you know, thinking outside the box. Um, you know, I'm not, I, I get stuck in the same routine. It worked last week, worked the week before that. Let's just keep doing that. Well, you got second last week or third last week. Well, let, but maybe this week we will. It, so I do the same stuff. I'm not doing anything like I, I have done in, in any other year uh, prior to that, other than I'm still running a Speedway motor. I still have pro shocks and I still have and chassis. Um, Other than that, there's block heights, tube heights are all different. Bars are different. Shocks are different. Gas pressures are different. Staggers, different offsets. I mean, everything's different about our cars. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we are pointed in the right direction. The difference with that is, though, you get four laps to race and then it's rubber. And when you have a 500 horsepower motor and the guy in front of you has a 500 horsepower motor and the guy in front of him has a 500 horsepower motor, you're done. You're not chasing anybody down. You're riding around on concrete burning tires off so i could get on the internet and complain about it or i could just take my ball and go to a different court so i'm just going to take my ball and go to a different court do
1: do you think the stock cars have anything to do with it that they're a much more powerful faster vehicle that's going out there early as opposed to the sport compacts
2: no um it's it's not directly their fault it's uh so roger's doing the same thing i would imagine he's probably doing the same thing as track prep that he has done in the years past the difference is he would run a, a, a small tire car, a skinny tire car, in between those big wide tires. Mm-hmm. Um, when you eliminated one of those small tires that helped keep the track scratched up, helped keep some moisture in it, helped keep it from sealing over, you eliminated the opportunity to have that that happen. So what's going to happen? It's going to take rubber. As soon as I heard this winter that they got rid of tuners, the first thing I looked at my wife and my crew. I said, "It's going to take rubber every single week. Mark my words. It's going to be smoother." but it's going to take rubber, mark my words. And I've been right so far.
0: <laughs> so far. <laughs> Something for experience.
2: Um, I mean, you got a wide tire, you know, what you don't, and the, the, the surface, and, and that's one thing Cormac used to do. He used to bring dirt in every year or every other year. Um, the, the track prep, the guy that maintained the racetrack at that time, I know he worked that racetrack and dumped water on that racetrack two three four nights a week we always had multiple lanes of racing uh i I don't i know he hasn't brought any dirt in um you can look at the racetrack and and at years before and look at the banking difference um it's not anywhere remotely the same um he's got wood chips in the track now i don't know what the idea is behind that doesn't make any sense to me uh wood draws moisture it doesn't retain it. You know, it, it, it pull it's, it should be in my head. Again, I I'm just, I just own a roofing company and truck company. I don't know anything about working dirt. Maybe that's a great idea. I never seen it before.
1: You need another company
2: and I'm out. (laughs) Uh, I am I've got enough on my plate, but, uh, I mean, it just, it's not a good idea. I don't see how it would be a good idea. Um, in my opinion, that dirt is wasted. It's way beyond way beyond any form of what that dirt, I mean, should be um, it, it, when it rains, it just sheds. It goes down to in the infield. It, it's not inside that track. Um, it's old, it's tired. It's wore out. It's got chemicals and rubber and everything else in it. It, it, we need new dirt. There's period. That's all there is to it.
1: I think I remember I 80 a few years ago, went out in the off season and cut, I want to say it was a foot, maybe two foot off the track, and then replaced it and then added another foot on top of it. Uh, and I, I think that year the, the racing was a little rough as the, the dirt was getting worked in.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to have, I mean, it's just like anything else. It's going to separate. Uh, you've got to get your base and, you know, it's just like putting rock on a parking lot. Um, if you put something heavy in there, it's going to leave ruts in it. Until you get it nice and solid and worked in, it's not going to, you're not going to have a good base. We're at the point now, in my opinion, we're at the point now where it's, it's long gone. We don't, it's the, what we've had has been the same seven weeks in a row. Um, now, two of those weeks, it took rubber in one lane towards the end, like the exit, but it still took rubber. Um, we're getting into the hotter months of summer now. It's not going to fix itself. Um, it can't. And the only thing you can do is spend time and money. Uh, and when you're talking about working a racetrack, that time is money because you're having to pay for diesel. You're having to pay, uh, you know, for tractors running, water trucks running, you know, those things cost money. Um, I, I try for, I'm very business oriented. I'm very business minded. So everything in my head, I just relate to business and time is money. And that's where I'm at with my racing. And if you're not, If you're racing today and you don't understand that you are in the entertainment industry and that this is a business. Now, it's a small portion of uh, we're not movie stars, but people come to the go to the movies to watch the good guy, the bad guy. They watch the wrecks. They're all coming. Everybody at the racetrack comes to see Adam Gillian do well, see Adam Gillian wreck. It's just how it is.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I can't quite place my finger on where the fans at Eagle are with you anymore because prior to Justin getting hurt, it was pretty apparent they didn't like you. And,
2: I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say they. I mean, there's it's, it's split. You know, you got some people that love you, some people that hate
1: you. Yeah, I felt like it was more more in the didn't like you phase. Maybe 70% of the the fans that cared didn't like you. Yep. After Justin, I think it's swaying to 80% loved you. And then now... I don't know. Cause when, when you and, and Danley got together, uh, last weekend, um, there was quite a bit of chatter and, and people booing. But then when you made the transfer spot and you still made it into the A, there was a lot of people still cheering. So I'm a little perplexed as to where you're at.
2: Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm the good, I'm the good guy that talks a lot. Right. So I, in my opinion, I fight for, I will fight for right and wrong. I will always voice my opinion. If you do something wrong, I will tell you you're wrong. Um, I'm sure that people get tired of that. Um, I'm sure that there will be people that roll their eyes in this interview. I usually tell the truth and most people don't really want to hear that. So I, I, you know, you have to have a villain. There has to
1: be a villain. I equate you a lot to some of the guys who have caught a lot of guff for talking up in NASCAR. Uh, The one that I think I I compare you to the most is Brad Keselowski. Whenever he would make a statement at the racetrack, there'd be all these people that say, just shut the hell up and drive. Shut up and drive. You don't know what you're talking about. Sure enough, later, about two, three months, Dirk and I were sitting on the show looking back at it going, oh, crap, he was right. (laughs) He's always
0: right. He's grown up in the damn sport.
1: Yeah. He knows what he's talking about and you don't want to give people that you just want him to shut up and drive. But the fact is the people like Brad Keselowski and the Adam Golians put butts in seats.
2: I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that people, you know, work all week to save their money to come and watch me race. I am.
1: Is that, I see it in the grandstands and
2: and you know what, maybe that's the case that uh, doesn't make me entitled or special or anything like that. And, And I, I'm not. I I say, I've said this before, and it's more of a joke than it is there any truth to it. I'm a big deal in a small circle. So when I was growing up, racing was who I was. I lived it. I breathed it. I ate it. I would race before I ate. Uh, all I cared about was racing. I've gotten older now. Racing is what I do. It is no longer who I am. The, where I've become, a, where there becomes an internal problem for me is now where we are at in the world the 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 society we live in today social media has done some great things i think it's done more bad than good um it's given people the the opportunity and the entitlement to voice their opinion
1: and it also gives them a place to hide behind to give their opinion exactly now they're not scared that that they're gonna walk past you in the pits and you're gonna know they were the ones that said that exactly um
2: and i i am that guy Um, when something happens, if you say something, if you do something, I'm going to confront you about it. Yeah. Um, I literally was at the college world series yesterday watching the Tennessee and Texas game. I had no dog in the fight. I was just there to enjoy the game with my wife and my kids. And there was an older couple sitting next to me from Tennessee and there was a six or eight group of college kids from Texas watching the baseball game and they would not sit down. And this elderly gentleman asked him, three times very nicely and respectfully to please sit down and they wouldn't do it so i did now maybe somebody just like at the racetrack a lot of the people that talk bad about me and bash me and boo me, i've helped them but they'll never tell you that the the wreck with joey danley i that was not intentional in any way shape or form anybody up in the grandstands that that if you don't like me i did it on purpose if you Mm -hmm. do like me it was a racing deal i talked to joey after the races I talked to Kevin after the races. I went down to their trailer and apologized to him. I just paid for their shocks to be fixed. I told Kevin Danley, whatever I tore up, get me a bill. I'll take care of it. It wasn't intentional. I don't have to do that. It's not my race car. Intentional or not, it's not my responsibility.
1: That's, there was a, not, that,
2: that's not who I am.
1: And I'm, I'm glad you you said that because you and I talked about a Saturday in the pits. And there's a picture that was going around Sunday and in, in the last couple of days of you know, Trevor Grossenbacher and Stu Snyder and uh, I think Neil Nikolai, they were all over there trying to help Joey get his car back together so he could get back out for the B. And and there was a lot of, you know, this is what makes racing great is that the competitors will join together. Adam Golian was never mentioned in there that that you went down and apologized to the team and offered to pay for what you destroyed.
2: And we you know, I talked to Joey about it after it was over and he's like, Hey. You know, I shouldn't. It was just as much my fault. I shouldn't have stuck my nose in there.
1: Yeah, I hate to and, cut you off. We're having a great conversation, but we got about a minute left before we get cut off.
2: Yeah, um, no, I uh, I appreciate having me on. Um, sorry, I rambled a lot, but um, <laughs>
1: good stuff. It's
2: kind of typical. We pay you for.
1: Quickly thank your sponsors, and uh, and we'll get you back on in a couple of weeks to to get a preview of what's to come.
2: Yeah, I'd like to thank Midwest Petroleum Equipment, uh, ninety one Trucking, Precise Roofing, BR Motorsports speedway motors speedway shocks pro shocks man i'm forgetting Uh, simpson racing products
1: and adam got cut off just a little bit there so i know he had some sponsors he wasn't able to uh get to before we got cut off but uh big thanks to adam golean of adam golean racing for joining us on the show uh pretty frank
0: and curt interview there dirk oh yeah he uh he doesn't have a filter so I, and and hey, that's I, what, I'm the same way, so I don't think it's a bad deal.
1: I and I think that's the piece, the reason why people love him and hate him is because Adam will say what is exactly on his mind, and and I've known him to to not be too prideful of a guy when he has said what is on his mind, and he ends up realizing he was wrong, he apologizes and he says something about it, but he's going to tell you what's on his mind. So I said uh, I got
0: no problem with that.
1: Yeah, big thanks to Adam for joining us on the show. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back in turn number two. We're going to uh, recap the results from Nashville Speedway. Uh, one shocking news came out of Nashville. One really not shocking at all news came out of Nashville. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we'll get you set on the headlines to talk about some local stuff that's going on over the next couple of weeks. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back on the front stretch.
2: If you love wings, if you love rings, and all kinds of other tempting things, great times.
1: Quaker Steak and Lube is the official watering hole of the front stretch and the home of MAV-TV featuring action from the Lucas Oil Late Model Series.
2: Great times, great food, get to
0: Quaker Steak and Lube. Located on Mid-America Drive in Council Bluffs. we're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch
1: welcome back into the front stretch brought to you by quaker steak and lube the official watering hole of the front stretch get over to the lube every thursday night for classic car cruising weather permitting and too much sun is not that weather permitting it might get a little bit uh it might be a few less cars of of the elderly community that that owns those cars that doesn't want to get out in the heat but for the most part As long as it ain't raining, there's going to be a classic car cruising on a Thursday night. Get out there tonight. Get out there on Thursday nights. $10 meal deals, the $10 meal combos. Great deal. Great parking lot. A lot of fun. And this coming Saturday at Quaker Steak and Lube is the Wheels of Courage Car Show. Something that Sarah and I have been helping out with for the last couple of years. And we have a great time with it. It helps the Jenny Edmondson charitable donations fund. And what that means is somebody that is going to Jenny Edmondson for cancer treatment. It helps them with some of the outside the box bills. So a lot of times people travel from an hour, three hours away, maybe even farther. And so Jenny Edmondson will put them up in their hospital during their treatment time. Well, they've got family that wants to be there. So Jenny Edmondson Charitable Donations Fund helps with transportation costs, food costs, lodging costs, all sorts of great stuff as people are fighting cancer and, uh, and getting the great treatment from Jenny Edmondson. So Happy to be a part of that organization. And our big fundraiser is coming up this Saturday. I'm going to be out there at 8 a.m. Saturday morning making pancakes. Have you ever had my pancakes, Dirk?
0: Well, no, because I don't drink. And I know damn well they got whiskey in them. They don't, actually. <laughs> I, I
1: have the whiskey on the side. I, although. So it can be requested. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I wonder if that griddle gets hot enough that it would evaporate the alcohol.
0: No, no. You I don't, don't think, I don't so? think it, No.
1: You don't think that pancake gets above what's what's alcohol boil off at one eighty?
0: Yeah, it's it's less than water, which is two twelve.
1: Right. I want to say it's somewhere like 180, 190, but you know, but no, I don't. Think,
0: I don't think the griddle probably gets more than one hundred and fifty or one hundred and sixty cooking pancakes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could get it hotter.
1: Yeah, I set it at three hundred, but I the, the internal of that pancake doesn't get that hot.
0: Well, and and you're you're gonna cook it outside, right? It's so open air, so yeah, it's yeah. not retaining the heat. It probably the griddle probably doesn't get anywhere close to actually three hundred degrees.
1: Yeah. All right. Anyways, this coming Saturday, I'll be making pancakes. They're free. Come out and get some beautiful pancakes. They're they're absolutely delicious. I think they're the best in the area. I know there's a a pancake man that runs around and and I, I they're fine, but I I'm not a very confident man about a lot of things. I know I'm confident about computers and I'm confident about my pancakes. That that's about it. <laughs> but uh, if you want to come out it's a great opportunity great organization great event this coming saturday at quaker steak and lube i think everything starts there at 10 but you know those classic car guys they show up early they hang out all day long so we feed them say thank you with some uh, pancakes and uh you're gonna be able to get some free pancakes this saturday come on out and say hi i'd love to see everybody out at quaker steak and lube Uh, we might even have some of our uh our own honey you haven't even got to try any of this yet we had oh. uh the bees that we had last fall that that all ended up dying because of the early freeze we ended up uh, extracting all of their honey and we've got about uh, 25 jars of honey that we've been slowly selling to to some people so uh, i can get you a jar if you want one
0: this s and d honey or dns honey or what is this
1: this is dan and sarah's alz honey alz of, of course it'll be alzheimer's. Help the, the alzheimer's association yep. so
0: so i figured it out
1: but we'll have a couple of those available also and uh Gosh, well, honey's, honey's good on pancakes, so oh, honey is in th- this honey is so good. Yeah, we'll definitely have some there if you want some. But uh, anyways, this coming Saturday, wheels of courage car show. Get down there. All right. Big thanks to Adam Golian for joining us in uh, turn number one. And uh, once again, you know, kind of stick with us as we kind of as the show kind of migrates into what it's going to be. We're starting to work on a plan and get things figured out for the time being. We're going to continue to kind of mesh the new idea with the old idea. So there's only going to be two segments of today's show. as as that's all we really need. Uh, If we get more interviews, we'll have a third segment during the show. Maybe we'll have a fourth segment, whatever. But we're going to mash all the NASCAR stuff into one. For those fans that don't really care about NASCAR, could just go ahead and skip it. For those that like it, they can listen to it. And we're going to talk Nashville Speedway now. And uh, I had a gut feeling I should have taken Kyle Larson. I mean, obviously the kid is hot right now, but I was thinking that maybe this was going to be the race that he wouldn't be so hot. But that that didn't work out very well for me.
0: Well, he wasn't overbearing in practice, you know, and and they did have a practice session. I think it was just one. They might have yeah. had two short practices, but I thought it was just one. It was and they just actually one. Did one lap qualifying and uh when I got into the fantasy stuff, I'm going, what is Martin Truex doing in 35th place? Well, (laughs) then I went and dug up and saw the (laughs) replay. He damn near went in the wall in two on his qualifying runs. So that's why he was in 35th place.
1: And he never really had a good day either. Ended up finishing 22nd. Uh, Oh, yeah.
0: Didn't didn't finish in the top 10. He He worked himself to the top 10 and then got pit road penalty. Okay. Started over and got back up there and got another pit road penalty. Ended up finishing a lot down. But,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh,
0: I took the 10 car. I took Almirola. And uh, outside of uh, basically the crew chief, as far as I'm concerned, screwing up there at the end of the first stage, um, I mean, he's running fourth or fifth or something. And then, you know, ended up like 12th because they pitted short run car. He had none, but his long run car was awesome. Yeah. It was strong, man.
1: I ended up taking Logano. I thought maybe, I, I think he looked good, and I heard some stuff he was looking really good in practice. Qualified well. I think he qualified third. I only had, uh, I can't remember if I've never picked him or if I only had one pick from him. And I thought I'll, I, I need to start saving some picks, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, uh, I'm gonna take Logano, and it, it he, I, I guess for for hoping he would do better, finished eighth in stage one outside the state, top 10 at stage two, and finished 10th on the day. Not bad, but not the day I was expecting him to have.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't remember. One of the analysts picked him to win the race, and uh, they said he had a, uh, a a very good, consistent car in practice. And uh, uh, the Penske cars have run good um, at a track like that. I mean, Cup hasn't run there. Well, hadn't run there. They'd never been on that track. I'd been to the Speedway with truck races back, you know, when i was doing that up through mm-hmm. 2005 uh beautiful facility um but uh the turns are so much tighter than than a track that's you know in similar shape it's a little bit shorter uh and the guys even talked about that you know when you get into the corner you got to put a little more wheel into it and that's what can cause trouble and i mean they had a, they had a caution flag the very first lap they didn't you know turn one mm-hmm. you know but uh there was several times they were four wide during the race. Um, you know, it might've been a little different race. It turned into, believe it or not, it was actually a gas mileage race, you know? Yeah, they can go 70 laps on a tab- tank of fuel. Well, Kyle Larson went 81 and did a burnout to do. so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember hearing that. That was about the only part of the race I turned on was I heard them talking about, after that that last pit stop, they felt, uh, the five team felt like they were about five laps short, but their crew chief said, don't worry about it right now, uh, three laps short. Don't worry about it right now. And, and he got out way out front. I think that I saw like six seconds at one point in time, and then he could start saving fuel. And when you're that far out, I mean, my God, you don't have to worry about, you could save a lot of fuel when you're that far out.
0: He was, he was saving fuel and only dropped a 10th of a second a lap. And that's what the announcers were talking about. It's so wonderful when you, when you learn how to save fuel like this and you go fat, almost as fast as what you were going flat out.
1: That's one of my favorite things I always like hearing about, you know, whenever it's a fuel mileage race and and they keep telling him back up your corner, back up your corner, get out of the throttle, save your fuel. And he keeps laying down just as fast, if not faster lap times. And it's kind of like, oh, I shouldn't have been so aggressive. If I laid back, I could I I could be even faster. But I always kind of like the Yeah, I could run the whole race (laughs) on one set of tires. So Larson gets his
0: fourth win on the year. Uh, yeah, I believe it's a fourth points race,
1: yeah. Fourth win on the year, fourth points race of the year. Um, Ross Chastain finished second, William Byron third, Eric Romarola fourth, and Kevin Harvick top five. Stenhouse Suarez Bush, Kurt Bush, Christopher Bell, and Joey Logano top 10. Uh, a couple of Kurt names Bush. up there.
0: Kurt Bush had a great run, he started 30th, yeah.
1: Uh, one stage great. one, tenth 10th in stage two, eighth on the day,
0: yeah. Great run out of a you know a 30th place qualifying car
1: we always talk about the typical guys that are up in the top 10 top 15 you don't hear a lot about ricky stenhouse jr eric amarola's had his struggles of recent and ross chastain oh and daniel suarez too great run for those cars we're seeing four cars up there i think of those guys eric would be the one that i would expect to be up there more often but even though they've struggled so i'll say the three chastain stenhouse and suarez really did a great job at that track
0: well, Chastain's been running real well the last five or six weeks, so to see him up there was not a surprise, and he's he was one of the few people in the field that had raced there in uh, Xfinity or, or a truck, one of the two, I don't remember which, but he'd raced in one of them there, Yeah. Uh, but your Harvick's, and uh, Kyle Busch had raced there several times. I don't think Harvick ever had. Uh, I'm not sure about Logano. I think Kozlowski had once or twice, but uh, yeah, it... Uh, a little bit of a crash fest, but yeah, overall, it was a pretty good race. It was a lot better than the SS, yeah SRX race at Knoxville. That race yeah. sucked. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that sucked. I mean, I was reading Friday night. We're cutting the feature from 100 laps to 50. We're cutting the heats down from 15 minutes to 12. And it was a damn good thing they did. If they'd run a 100 lap feature, they might still be running. What was the, were they having a, a, a caution issues? No, the tires look like Bristol after 50 laps. Mm. They were burning the right rear tires off of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh so. Eddie, Eddie Martinez, who does pit reporting at, at I80 and, and does some work for us, uh, sent me a Snapchat. He was up in the hall of fame suites of of those cars going through the corner. And then about an hour later, he sent me another one and said, Okay, I think I'd rather be an Eagle. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean, Scott Bloomquist and Tony Stewart are running up front and they're racing. I mean, yeah. you know, they're bloomquist is trying to get by him gets next to him every once in a while and, and stewart cuts him off going into a turn and and uh uh Two guys you, wouldn't, brown,
1: you wouldn't typically see racing together obviously
0: well yeah i mean because you know smoke's a sprint car guy and, and bloomquist a light model guy you know now i know smoke and brian brown have raced against each other but mm-hmm. brian brown was totally lost
1: well you know they've raced you know, on the same track but they they really didn't race together
0: I bet they've Sorry. run a little bit. Of, because Stuart runs that all-star circuit stuff, I bet they've run together a few times.
1: That was me still pissed at Brian Brown's interview at the 410 Nationals a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I I can hold a grudge. <laughs> Don't but, be a dick uh, to me when I'm trying to interview you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, back you know, to that, Nashville.
0: That, <laughs> Go ahead. That race was terrible. The national race was worth watching. Um, again, they had a lot of wrecks. Couple, couple stupid yellows, but they threw them because um, Larson was stinking to show up. You know, they yeah. tried to tighten up the field, so they went ahead and threw the yellow.
1: Rough day uh, for uh, Ryan Blaney. Did he he blew a brake rotor? They were thinking it was a brake rotor and just slammed into the outside wall.
0: Well, he reported some some brake problems, but yeah, but he hit the wall a ton in one and two. Yeah, and and I thought
1: I thought NBC did a really really good job of that story uh i i feel like fox would have been away at commercial but nbc showed a comparison of like denny hamlin's tire coming off a little bit of brake dust chase elliott's car tire coming off a little bit of brake dust joey logano a little bit of brake dust ryan blaney it was a dust pale i mean it was Riff. it was it was insane how much brake dust came off that car
0: yeah there were uh and you know a lot of that depends on driving style because they do have a uh, uh, adjustments from front to rear mm-hmm. and, uh, some of the drivers, you know, like more front brakes, some like more back brake. So it, uh, but however he had it set up, if he popped his rotor like that, he actually, he, his setup was wrong. That's all there is yeah. to
1: it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he ends up finishing 37th on the day. Uh, who else? Um, Cole Custer 30th. Yeah. His was, he, he blew a
0: tire and drove, drove right past pit road. And running in the middle of the track, and of course he got down to turn one. It started throwing chunks of tire out, so that was one of the cautions they threw. That you know they should have stuck him in the in the trailer at that point for yeah doing what he did.
1: Yeah. Uh, what I said. I said Brakoszowski twenty third, Truex twenty second, Hamlin twenty first. So a couple of guys back there that didn't have good days. Let's talk about Chase Elliott. <laughs> uh, this this is I'm how how do you not get well i guess i shouldn't say that the exact penalty was five loose lug nuts on the number nine car
0: that's how you have a fast pit stop
1: and i guess immediately i assumed so he had a tire with not a single tight lug nut of the 25 wait 25 of them were loose they may have been one on one tire two on another tire uh or on the wheel you know so it, it wouldn't have been all five on one wheel but uh, that is a substantial penalty, and one that is in black and white. It is a safety issue, and NASCAR is just plain and simple. You're disqualified.
0: Well, and, and he Chase was on Elliott, a run. He was on a run where he complained about a loose right rear tire. Well, yeah, yeah if it didn't have two lug nuts tight, it probably was pretty loose, and that's a tire <laughs> that you want all the lug nuts on. I'm sorry, you yeah, know, the right side. This no. is
1: the first real big loose lug nut penalty since they changed the penalty to be a, what is it? Ten thousand for one, twenty thousand for two. 30,000 for three crew chief with suspension a
0: suspension.
1: on two, right? I can't remember if the crew chief gets suspended at two or three,
0: but, but you know, no, no, I haven't, I haven't heard of five.
1: Yeah, no, that I don't, you didn't even hear five before this, there was a three and a four every once in a while, but that was, that's just crazy that, that they, uh, that that happened, but, and not something that I think they did on purpose. They may have had like a malfunctioning gun or something that happened, but you, you don't send a car off with five loose lug nuts. Like that, I I just and by the way, this won't be a problem next year. If you got five well, they, loose well, lug nuts next year, you got a really big problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you're only gonna have four on a car. <laughs> but uh, no, this uh, I beg to differ with you. They'd send guys out with two lug nuts missing all the time when they didn't have a lug nut rule for a couple yeah. of years, year and a half, whatever yeah, it maybe. was. Oh yeah, you know, I I remember being on pit road and I was working a race at Texas, and they missed a lug nut on the right front. It was Dennis Setzer's crew. And I was able to get Danny Gill's attention and get, get the lug nut put on before I left pit road. And believe it or not, even though they had a five second, six second longer pit stop that still saved them 30 or 40 seconds, having to come back down pit road. Yeah. But Setzer come up to me, came and hunted me down in tech after the race and thanked me for making him put the right front lug nut on, <laughs> you know, he said, I wouldn't want to run up here with four lug nuts, you know not on the right front.
1: By the way, those of you that may have been unfortunate enough to pick Chase Elliott for Sunday's race during the Rick Havenridge Pick'ems contest, you unfortunately got one pick and or one point. And we've talked about this a couple of times. Now, there's no like shame on you for this because there's nothing you you obviously have no idea if if you're picking that driver that they're going to get disqualified or they're going to get a points penalty that day. But this is a double whammy because not only did you lose a Chase Elliott pick, but you only got one point out of that pick. That's a that's a tough one.
0: Well, it, it wouldn't have been any different if he'd gone out on the first lap and blown up.
1: Yeah, it still would have hurt too. I mean, that's that. But again, it's like I was saying, it's it's not something you can help. But it just this is kind of one of those double whammy ones that whew, you hate to see that. And, and you know, to your point, like you said, blow a tire in lap one. You're at Talladega. You take Chase Elliott. He gets into a wreck in lap one you've not only used up one of your picks, but you got one point out of it. So a uh, tough day for those guys as they got uh, hit with a pretty heavy penalty. While we got some time left in the show, let's, uh, let's talk about some of the news and notes that's floating around the area. Uh, Jeff Gordon officially announced that he is accepting a larger role at Hendrick Motorsports and he is going to be leaving the fro- Fox broadcast booth. Uh, so he, well, he's officially, he's gone now because they're, they're, they're not doing any more work. Uh, so he won't be back up in the booth next year as he is taking on a larger role. What was the official title, VP?
0: Yeah, VP of uh, I don't know, if was it VP of Racing Operations?
1: Uh, vice Chairman and co-owner of Hendrick Motorsports.
0: Yeah, he does own uh, half of the forty-eight car. So, mm-hmm. and I think so he owns one eighth of the team.
1: <laughs> I think he's got a larger ownership role nowadays, doesn't he? After he retired, he got a larger ownership role in the in the overall. He might have bought in. I yeah. you know,
0: I don't know he's just ever since the forty-eight car hit the track, he owned half of. It, so. Right.
1: yeah. So good move for him. I think that's smart. Uh that's definitely a, a good move as you I think it's pretty clear what we how we feel about the Fox broadcast team. So
0: Yeah, and I but you know, he's obviously been around every aspect of the sport, you know. So it's it's probably a pretty good choice to to, you know, basically take over the reins. You know, he's he's gonna run the day to day deal.
1: And we don't know, we don't know the ins and outs of the, of the people that were in, are involved in Hendrick Motorsports, but I honestly can't think of a better person to take over for Rick because he's an incredibly competitive guy. He's been through the ups and the downs of Hendrick Motorsports. He's witnessed how to be successful and how they've dug themselves out of the hole when they've, when they've fallen on bad times. I, I, I think he's an excellent choice for this. and And obviously Rick agrees with me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm sure he called you for consulting.
1: So, he wouldn't leave me alone.
0: Just I'll bet, <sighs> Rick,
1: Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. All yeah, right. well,
0: when he when he left a message for me, I just called him back. And said, "Dude, I'm not the guy. Go talk to Dan. <laughs> Go talk to Dan." <laughs> uh, we got some great news
1: on social media on um, Wednesday morning. Tom Belsky, who was injured in a a pretty uh, scary accident at Eagle Raceway who four or five weeks ago, maybe uh, Tom. Let's see. Let's get some uh, official statement from his wife. Tom's lungs have healed nicely. He will no- need to wear a C collar for another eight weeks minimum. They're hopefully moving him to the Madonna rehab facility on Friday, the June 25th and expected time will be there for about three to six months before going home due to his injuries of his spinal cord. The right side of Tom's body is much weaker than the left side. He's learning to move his legs in walking motion with assistance and support, supporting his weight. His torso needs to gain a lot of strength before he can support himself on his own and to stand up. Tom now can move his fingers and hands, however, does not have the strength to hold on to things and move his arms very much yet. Tom is looking forward to when the doctor says he can eat real food again. His his sense of humor is definitely back, and he can talk. Tom is working hard to. Pr- pr- uh, working hard at proving he could push the limitations the doctors give him and continue to amaze them with his accomplishments due to Tom's limitations we are working with the therapy team planning the modifications needed to our home to make it safe for his return Uh, the statement goes on but there is a link to the GoFundMe account that you can help support Tom as uh, now that they mentioned the changes they're going to need to do to their house uh, I would imagine some of those bills are going to be Going up and um, I'm trying to think, insurance doesn't cover home modifications, do they?
0: Uh, I would doubt it, but I don't know. I mean, if you've got like an Aflac policy, you know, something like that, um, I'm sure if he doesn't have anything that's going to cover that, you're going to see, you know, some of the guys in the construction industry go out and, you know, uh, probably help out and, and do some stuff for him if that's you know the the erasers i mean you know right and then uh you know it'll get taken care of
1: yep and the gofundme account i'm not going to go list that off on facebook because you'll make your eyes go cross but uh we'll share it on the facebook page so if you want to go and support tom you want to help him out throw him five bucks ten bucks 50 bucks whatever you can afford we'll have that link shared on the facebook page as well as uh his wife's post uh the full, full statement about that but uh, great news for Tom. He's uh, uh, up and, and moving around and, and recovering well. So uh, continue to send uh, the wishes as as they uh, they go through their uh, their rehab time. So uh, good news there. All right. Is there any other news you can think of that we need to weigh no. in on?
0: No, I just want to make sure you got the Belsky deal in there. Yeah.
1: OK. All right. Races to come this Saturday is the demo derby at IED Speedway. It's uh, the Ultimate Demo Derby. The last two years it's been there, it has put on one hell of a show. Uh, tickets are available on the i Speedway Facebook page as well as i80speedway.com. Uh, so get over there and, and watch that and enjoy that race. If if you're not down at Eagle, you're not over at another racetrack, get over to I-80 Speedway. That's a great family-friendly event. Right there on the front stretch, Bob Kozinski Boulevard is where they do the uh, the... The demo derby and and um, again I'm, I'm down at eagle on saturday night so i haven't got to see it but I, everything i've been told is that was one heck of an, uh, of an event in the last two years oh here's some news actually imca announced that they're going to allow their drivers to begin sipe. uh am i saying that right siping the hoosier sure. g60 tires and i80 speedway will allow their drivers to do the same thing Basically, I80 Speedway does a lot of what IMCA does because I think we've talked about it on the show. Even though they're a NASCAR sanctioned track, NASCAR says you're kind of out on an island there being the only NASCAR sanctioned track in Nebraska. You can use the rules, you can do the rules however you want to. And so, a lot of times, I80 Speedway will just copy what IMCA is doing. That way, it makes it easier for drivers to come over and race at I80. So, they're doing the same thing here. And they said they're going to continue to reassess as the tire shortage hopefully becomes a non-issue over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for more information. If you got questions, feel free to reach out to the IED Speedway Facebook or IED Speedway office. But uh, for the time being, the Hoosier G60 tires can be s- siphoned. siped, yeah. siped. Siphoned is when you suck the gas out of a tank. and
0: Yeah. I mean, you probably suck the air out of the tire, I guess. But...
1: Well, it's going to blow the air out of you. Brother tricked me on that one once or twice uh so anyways yeah it, as long as uh, they do go on to say that at this time the tire amendment does not apply to any division where use of the stamped g60 is not required so there you
0: go Basically, uh, the hobby soccer you can't use it or the compacts because they use a standard street tire okay uh otherwise the stock cars the uh and both mod classes all use the the g60 and that's uh did you see
1: Hoosier's statement? They I don't know if they tweeted it or posted it on Facebook or what about a week ago and said uh, something to the effect of all of you guys are complaining about a tire shortage, yet nobody wants to learn throttle control. <laughs> I mean, that took some cojones.
0: Yeah, they're going to sell the tires regardless. That's I would think true. they wouldn't want anybody to learn throttle control. sells the true. right rear tire a week. After.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's absolutely true. All right, that's gonna do it for us today. For uh, our friends out at uh, QuickTime Podcast, finally got a new show out. So if you want to hear more about sprint car stuff, even though we got a great interview with Adam Golian earlier in the show, you can always track down the QuickTime Podcast and uh, James Roland, who helps with some show information and helps me out at Eagle Raceway every week. Roland Race News posted a new. Uh, a new episode this week get over there and support those other ones uh we love uh, getting more and more podcasts out there that are talking racing because uh keeps us up on our game and it gets us more exposure so uh Dirk how's everything going how are you feeling with the heat
0: uh I've been trying to avoid it best I can uh, been bouncing around on the blood test because uh like goofy program, one of the drugs I'll take the rest of my life they're just having trouble getting it to settle in I had three weeks that went great and uh Then they had to up my dose a little bit. Well, then it like doubled and now they've taken it back down. And yeah, it's just kind of been a roller coaster on that drug. And uh, I know I've talked to a couple other people and they said, yeah, it took me eight months to get it situated and whatnot. But, you know, the doctors are still pleased with everything. Uh, My every other week doctor's appointments, I'm five weeks till my next one off of this one. So I don't go till July 12th. Oh, wow. Um, did the holiday quit. have
1: anything to do with that or
0: just, yeah, it did. It did. Cause they just, they only do their, uh, in clinic on for transplant people on Monday. So Monday was the fifth and a holiday. So they were actually closed in there, you know, all their office people and all that stuff. So they moved me back to the 12th. If they were worried about me, they'd have, you know, had me come in on Tuesday or something, you know, yeah. made a special case. So I don't think they're too worried about it. Um, which to me is a good sign. And, yep. uh, um, last time I was in, they took my lifting restrictions from 10 to 25 pounds. And hopefully after the 12th, they'll take off my lifting restrictions. Not that I could lift much more than 25 pounds anymore, but, <laughs> you know, at least I won't have to, you know, be scared that I might hurt myself. Cause that's been my yeah. biggest deal. Yeah. I haven't lifted anything near 25 pounds because I don't oh, want to yeah. have to go through any of this again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you one bit. All and, right. Uh, oh, finally
0: got the weight regulated. The steroids were driving me nuts, and, and he goes, "Well, he goes, you're putting on a little bit of weight." And I said, "Well, I think I'm eating everything in sight." And he goes, "That's eh, the steroids, <laughs> so, and it's jacked up my blood sugar." But you know, they're not even worried about it because they know it's the all my blood tests and everything for the last six years at dialysis. You know, my blood sugar's been a hundred, which is on the all-star team, and now all of a sudden it's right up around give or take a few points off a 140, which is the upper limit before you start taking any medications, but they know it's, uh, induced from the steroids. So they're not worried about it. They're not worried. I'm not going to worry.
1: Good to hear, man. Hope to see you at the racetrack soon. Uh, the silver dollar nationals just around the corner. So we're ordering up some cooler weather so you can get out there with us.
0: Yeah, we do that. And, uh, you know, I want to get over for the truck race at Knoxville and, uh, um obviously then we'll go back for the sprint cars at knoxville and definitely get to the late models when they're there in september so i'm i'm going to get to some racing and, and i still have a personal goal i do want to get down to uh, i-70 speedway one night this summer i know they've only got a handful of races so mm-hmm. but i still want to get down there okay because i've been there before so i want to see the reopening part of it see what they did
1: and that's the dragway right not the racetrack
0: no the circle track
1: okay there's yeah, yeah, that's the one they're opening up the circle track right
0: They've already had the grand opening. Remember okay. we interviewed Tommy. Yeah. that we did that interview when I was in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So they've, I think they've run two shows.
1: Okay.
0: And uh, I know they've got one coming up here. I don't know if it's this weekend. It's like the 26th or 27th. I just don't remember if it's June or July. And, uh, but yeah, they've only got four or five shows on the dirt track. You know, they found out they were going to be ready to run late. You know, like when we talked to Tommy, he says, I'm going to have a race for the SLMR there. But it had to wait till next year to be able to get on the schedule you know everything mm-hmm. was set before we knew we were open so yep but i want to get down there i've been there before and i want to see the changes and go hang out and uh you know talk to tommy a little bit see how things have been going and you know hopefully they'll get the drag strip all up and running by the end of the year i yeah. i haven't seen anything where they've run yet i know onawa um with the heat had the track buckle really so they're having to uh, replace part of the track. I'm not sure if it was up by the starting line or down at the other end, but yeah, I was reading they had some track buckles, so they got some work to do.
1: Yeah, I saw a big buckle on uh, 370 that Jim Laughlin, I think, was working on
0: uh, last week. Yeah, we had one uh, right right out in front of Ron Colley High School on Sorenson Parkway, a big one, and uh, I think they are fixing the second lane on it this week. They did the first lane last week, and they're doing the second lane this week. So yeah.
1: All right, man. Uh, Glad to hear you're doing good. Uh, Let's wrap it up for today, and uh, we'll be back next week. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. Big thanks to all of our great sponsors, Joe's Carding Carding and Council Bluffs, Quaker Steak and Lube, also in Council Bluffs, Rick Havenridge, online at rickhavenridgeadvice.com, and Tailored Computers and Repair on Facebook at Tailored Computers and Repair. That's going to do it for us again. For uh, Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This is the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Carding.
2: Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to
0: find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting. 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak & The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 luberitas. Mondays are kids' night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube, Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get too
2: quick to steak and lube.
0: Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs.